selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Here on Stolen Lives, we discuss brutal and heartbreaking cases against children. Themes may include child murder, torture, and sexual, domestic, and child abuse. I do try my best to remain respectful for the babies in these stories, and leave out unnecessary details that honestly, none of us need to know to understand the frustration of why and how this ever happened. However, if you find any of these themes triggering, this podcast may not be for you. Listener discretion is advised. Twelve-year-old Sean Kinney was a beautiful and innocent schoolgirl enjoying an afternoon with her mother. They were looking for fabric to make a dress for an upcoming birthday party she was attending. Instead of driving home with her mother, Sean decided to ride her yellow 10-speed bicycle home. On the way home, she encountered Barry John Watts and Valmay Faye Beck. The couple told the girl they were looking for a lost dog and asked Sean for help. Beautiful Shan would later be found strangled, raped, murdered and dumped in a nearby national forest. This is a horrific story that highlights that true evil does lurk among us. This is Shan's story. Shan Kingy was born December 16, 1974 in New Zealand to parents Barry and Linda Kingy. While Shan was still quite young, the family relocated to Australia after Barry received a transfer from his work. The family living in idyllic Noosa Heads on the Sunshine Coast, Queensland. Sean would grow up into a quiet and shy pre-teen that was popular among her peers. If you see any photo of Sean online, it is clear that she was stunningly beautiful. Sean was tall for her age, standing at 166 centimetres tall or 5 foot 6 so she towered over her classmates at Sunshine Beach High School, where she was in the 8th grade. Shan was most recognisable by her long, straight blonde hair and her father's large chocolate brown eyes and olive skin, due to their Maori heritage. She was truly beautiful inside and out, 
Shan loved sport and was always on the go. She enjoyed playing volleyball and netball, ballet, and riding her yellow 10-speed bicycle around the area's beach coastline. November 27, 1987. 12-year-old Shan had a lot to look forward to. Her 13th birthday was only weeks away, and she was excitedly planning her first teenage milestone. The school year was winding up, and Christmas vacation was on the horizon. She had a friend's birthday party that weekend, a party that Shan had planned to make a dress herself to wear, with some help from her mother Linda, of course. The pair made plans to meet in the town centre after school to buy some fabric for the outfit. That afternoon, Linda and Shan picked out some fabric and finished some grocery shopping at the Noosa Fair shopping centre before going their separate ways at 4.30. Linda drove her car while Shan started the one-kilometre or half-mile bike ride home, Shan happily shouting, See you at home, Mum, as she rode off. Even though the two took different routes home, Linda in her car drove around Pinaroo Park whilst Shan on her bike cycled through the same park. But despite the different routes, the trip should have taken the mother and daughter around the same time, and Linda expected to see Shan within minutes of her arriving home. But there was no sign of Shan. At first, Linda simply assumed she'd crossed paths with some friends, and with all the excitement in the air, she got distracted and delayed. But as the day turned into night and Shan still hadn't returned home, Linda started to worry. This was not like her normally responsible daughter. Shan would ride her bike to and from school every day, and she'd ride around the area with her friends, so it wasn't like Shan couldn't be trusted or didn't know her neighbourhood well. Shan always did the right things, and she had never gotten into trouble before. While waiting for Barry to return home from work, Linda called all of Shan's friends, hoping in her heart of hearts that someone had seen Shan or she was still with them. But no one had seen her since school ended earlier that day. When Shan's father Barry arrived home at 8pm, the couple retraced Shan's steps on the trip home from the shopping centre towards Pinaroo Park. And Pinaroo Park was in the street just behind her school. This is just how small this community was. Everything was in the vicinity of everything. Shining the headlights of their car into the park, it was here they found Shan's beloved yellow bicycle lying abandoned in the grass. The sick feeling Barry and Linda would have felt in their stomach at this moment. They would have known something was terribly wrong. They loaded Shan's bicycle into the back of their car and immediately reported Shan missing to Noosa Police. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. 
Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Detective Sergeant Bob Atkinson led the search. He knew Sean and the Kingy family well. Sean was in the same netball team as his own daughter, so this hit him personally. But everyone tried to remain positive that Sean would be found alive and well quickly. Detective Atkinson organised a search that very night in Pinaroo Park, officers looking with flashlights for any clues as to Sean's whereabouts, but nothing else could be found in the park. Police knew this was not a runaway situation, that something or someone must have stopped Sean from returning home that afternoon. Sean Kingy was officially declared a missing and endangered person. By the next morning, November 28, 1987, every available police officer was on the lookout for Sean. Despite the local newspaper, the Sunshine Coast Daily, running a notice about Sean's disappearance in the morning edition, and both radio and TV news outlets sharing Sean's description, the police had little to go on. There was a sighting of a suspicious, quote, dust-covered white Holden station wagon, unquote. But without any registration details, and over 10,000 white station wagons registered on the Sunshine Coast alone, it was like finding a needle in a haystack for a long shot. After three days of searching with no solid leads, Noosa police suspected the worst, and they called in the homicide squad in Brisbane to assist in the investigation. A command centre was set up in Noosa and it was manned around the clock. Over 700 leads were received in regards to Sean's disappearance. The only consistent was this dusty white Holden station wagon with interstate licence plates. But now they had a person of interest, or persons. Seen in the vehicle was a scruffy-looking man and a heavy-set woman. December 2nd, 1987, five days after Sean went missing. Teen fruit picker Neil Clark was walking home from work near Castaway Creek in the Timberway National State Forest. He smelt a foul odour, nothing like he'd ever smelt before. He tried to ignore it and continued on his way. However, when the smell was still evident the next day, Neil followed to find the source of this stench. There, he found the body of a young girl in a blue and white striped dress. Horrified, he reported his find to Noosa Police. Detective Atkinson and his team were on the scene within minutes, where everyone's worst fears were realised. Twelve-year-old Sean Kinney was found still dressed in her school uniform. Her underwear had been crudely cut off and was located near the schoolgirl's body, as was her green backpack. Police to this day are hesitant to speak about the condition they found Sean in. Detective Atkinson told the Courier-Mail newspaper, quote, When we found Sean, she still had her shoes on and her pink socks, and I'll remember that for as long as I live. I think about it every day. 
She'd be 37 now. She'd have a family of her own by now. Her family have been robbed of that. Unquote. Shan had been stabbed 12 times, including two deep wounds to her neck. She had been brutally sexually assaulted numerous times and strangled with a belt. Her killer leaving her in the forest to bleed to death, alone and exposed. December 8, 1987, only days before Shan's loved ones should have been celebrating her 13th birthday. Instead, they were attending her funeral. A private service was held on the family's property, Shan being remembered with a traditional Maori farewell. Detective Atkinson and the Brisbane Homicide Squad, taking time out from the now murder investigation to pay their respects to an innocent life lost and to the Kingy family. 1980s Noosa was a close-knit, sleepy community, with mostly retirees and young families. With a population of around 28,000, this crime hit the small town hard. Local businesses and residents worked together and raised $10,000 towards a reward to help find Shan's killer, and police announced they would not stop until justice was served. A nationwide manhunt for those responsible was launched. Their focus was to find the dusty white Holden station wagon that kept coming up in their inquiries since day one of their investigation. A woman came forward, Elizabeth Young, to report an unsettling encounter with a man driving a white Holden station wagon on the same day Shan was murdered, November 27, 1987. Elizabeth and her boyfriend Bill Wallace were swimming and sunbaking at Castaway Beach, 11 kilometres or almost 7 miles from where Shan was abducted, and as we know now, close to where Shan was tragically later found. Elizabeth and Bill noticed an unshaven man walking along the beach, behaving as if he was searching for something. Elizabeth had noticed the man at the beach the day prior, and as this was a small, friendly community, she waved at him. The man stood there for a moment, glaring at her, before continuing on his search. Bill was less trusting of the man and questioned his motives. Bill had had his car broken into on the beach before, so he followed the man to make sure everything was okay, which it was, but he saw the man leaving in a white Holden station wagon. Something bothered Bill about this man. Intuition, sixth sense, or whatever you want to call it. He took note of the registration details, LLE 429. When police ran a search of the registration details, it showed the vehicle was owned by Val May Faye Beck in an address in Maroolbark, Victoria almost 2,000 kilometres or more than 1,200 miles away. It was a long shot, but police wanted to follow up on every lead, no matter how obscure. Detective Atkinson liaising with the Maroolbark police to speak with the vehicle owner. Maroolbark police knocked on the door of the address where the white station wagon was registered. An elderly man answered the door, Roland Watts. When asked about Valmay Fay Beck, he told police his son Barry Watts was married to her. And when shown a picture, he matched the description given to them by Elizabeth and Bill at the beach that day. Police had their persons of interest, they just needed to find them. Watts and Beck were wanted in Western Australia, but had skipped bail and absconded to Queensland. 
But what Western Australia police could give them was recent photos of the pair, which were express posted to the Noosa Command Centre. Western Australia police also gave Noosa a long list of criminal history committed by Watson Beck. This was when Detective Atkinson knew they had their killers. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Valmay Faye Fort was the youngest of four siblings to a low-income family. She left school at 12 years old and started working in a clothing factory. By the time she was 15, she was removed from her parents due to neglect and placed in a group home. At the time of Sean's murder, she was 41 years old and a twice-divorced mother of six. She had an extensive criminal history with charges of theft, indecent behaviour, obtaining money under false pretenses, forgery and vagrancy. Interestingly, well, I guess interesting to me, but Beck had served time in a Perth prison where she befriended Perth serial killer Catherine Burney. And for those who don't know... Catherine Burney and her husband David terrorised Perth in the mid-80s, where they abducted, tortured, raped and murdered a number of teenage girls and women, before one of the victims escaped and they were caught. If you're interested in an episode on the Burneys, please post in the Facebook group, or send me a message. While not traditionally the type of episode I do for this podcast, the Burneys did have several teenage victims – and their reign of terror is extremely disturbing and a fascinating look at criminal psychology. At the very least, I will post links to a documentary about the couple in the Facebook group, but I digress. All of Valmay Fort's children had been either removed by the Department of Children's Services for neglect or were in the custody of their respective fathers. Beck was described in contemporary news articles quite unfavourably, And I'm not going to sugarcoat this because I really have a lot of hatred for this woman. She was described as being, quote, a larger, stocky lady with a double chin and a pug-like face, unquote. As for her husband, John Barry Watts, he was 10 years her junior at 31 years old. Unfortunately, the way Watts is described in contemporary news articles is quite racist, so I won't be repeating that here. 
A simple Google search will reveal this to you if you really want to know that much. But it doesn't add anything to the story, so I will leave it out. But Watts had an unstable childhood. He was orphaned at a young age and would live in a group home for much of his childhood. He would also have a long criminal history of a mostly armed robbery and theft charges. At the time of their meeting in 1983, Watts was working as a doorman at a Perth tavern. Not long after they started seeing each other, Watts was imprisoned on a break-and-enter charge and received a two-and-a-half-year sentence. Upon Watts' release, the two were married, and strangely, instead of taking on his surname or hyphenating their surnames or just keeping her own, she took on his birth surname and became Valmay Faye Beck. The first few months of their marriage were uneventful. Watts promised Beck that he would keep his nose clean and stay out of prison. But then he started beating on Beck. He resented Beck had been in relationships before him, and he hated that he hadn't been the one to take her virginity. And since she couldn't change any of that, instead she did whatever she could to make Watts happy. She dyed her hair blonde and wore a school uniform. Watts also went back to his normal criminal behaviour, and instead of putting her foot down, calling the police and getting him arrested for domestic violence at the very least, no. Instead, she offered to be a lookout on his criminal activities. But then the couple were soon caught and charged with stealing and other fraud offences. When they were released on bail, the couple fled to Queensland and stayed with Beck's sister in Ipswich before moving into their own rental home in Lowood, just west of Brisbane. This was when Beck called one of her friends back in Perth, saying, quote, Barry is at it again. He's going down to the school bus stop, just down the road, and perving on the schoolgirls. This would be a sticking point in their relationship, Watts' preoccupation with schoolgirls. But Watts would tell Beck that if she loved him and respected their marriage, she would help him live out his fantasies of having sex with a virgin. His preference, a petite girl with fair hair. If he could do that, then their marriage would be happy and he would never look at another female again. And because Beck was terrified at the idea of losing her younger husband, she agreed to his sick request. It is believed Shan was not their first victim, that there were others. October 29, 1987, only a month before Shan was abducted and murdered, 31-year-old student teacher Helen Feeney disappeared from a car park of Castle Dean College in Brisbane. And Helen was just what Watts told Beck he was after, a petite woman with fair hair. Her white Holden Gemini sedan was found with its window smashed. Although Helen's body has never been found, it is believed that Helen was killed by Barry Watts and her body disposed of at the Lowood rubbish tip. Beck would later testify that Watts killed Helen Feeney, but no charges were laid against Watts. And then on November 11, 1987, two weeks later, Beck and Watts attempted to abduct an employee from a Target store at Knife Point from the car park of the Bouville Fair shopping centre. 24-year-old retail assistant Cheryl Mortimer was finishing her work for the day and was walking towards her vehicle. This was when Beck approached her looking for directions. Watts took this opportunity to come up behind Cheryl and threaten the woman at Knife Point attempting to drag her away from her vehicle into their white station wagon. Cheryl did not give up. She put up a fight and managed to escape. 
During the fight, Watts cut his hand with his own knife, leaving bloody fingerprints all over Cheryl's vehicle. It was when one of Cheryl's co-workers approached to see what was going on, this was when Watts and Beck left in a hurry. Cheryl went straight to the police and reported the incident. She gave the police the registration number of her attacker's vehicle. But the police didn't take it any further, because the registration details did not match Cheryl's description of the vehicle. One thing police did do right was keep fingerprints on file. It was not long after this that two Ipswich nurses reported also being approached by a man in a white Holden station wagon with out-of-state licence plates. Both incidents occurred late at night in the car park of the local hospital when the women were leaving work. In one incident, the men banged on the roof of the nurse's vehicle. She would have been terrified and drove off as quickly as possible. The second incident involved a man asking for directions with a map. The nurse noticed ropes and bags in the back of the man's vehicle. This obviously set up alarm bells and she panicked. Thankfully, like with the target employee, another co-worker came to the rescue and the man fled the scene. Now, while police didn't really investigate these reports like they should have at the time, when Shan's disappearance was tied to a white Holden station wagon, this was when everything came together and Noosa police were notified of the connection. After killing Sean Kingy, Val May, Beck and Barry Watts saw the huge media outrage and fled the area immediately. Beck dyed her hair and the couple left for Melbourne, Victoria, selling their white Holden station wagon. By the time police tracked the couple to Lowood, they were long gone. Inside their home, they found discarded used hair dye and cut hair. This gave police the awareness that the couple had changed their appearance. But where did they go? It wasn't clear, and frustratingly, police felt the case would go cold. But not quite, because Watson Barry weren't the smartest of criminals. The owner of the Lowood property contacted the police only days later to say they received a money order from the couple with an address in New South Wales. Immediately, police swarmed that property. Barry Watts and Val May Beck were arrested and charged with Sean's murder on December 14, 1987. During questioning, Watts refused to answer any question, even just to confirm his identity. But Beck, she did not hold back anything. Val May Beck told police that her husband was, quote, unsatisfied with her, unquote, that he would often speak of his desire to rape a young girl. He wanted to be someone's first and last, and that the couple would go out looking for someone to meet that desire, it was when they saw Sean riding her yellow bicycle home they followed their sick plan. Beck approached the schoolgirl, asking for help to find their lost poodle with a pink bow, while Watts snuck behind and grabbed her, forcing her into the couple's car. They bound and gagged her, and drove to a remote part of the Sunshine Coast. Here, Sean would be repeatedly raped by Watts, before he strangled her with his belt and stabbed her multiple times. There was a real fear here that Watts would walk free, just like he had when he was acquitted before. An undercover officer, Matthew Harry, went into Watts' cell pretending to be his new cellmate. Officer Harry bugged the room and lived with Watts for weeks, trying to piece together enough information about the case to make sure they could secure that conviction, even if Watts never confessed. 
Matthew Harry later described his time living with Barry Watts, quote, Your basic instinct is to break their necks, but you can't. You never forget their faces. You work together to get the result to get them off the street and make sure this doesn't happen again. But once you have got to that point and the adrenaline's gone, that's when the thinking starts. It gets hard because at the end of the day, no one wanted to talk about it, but a lot of people cried about it. Unquote. After this investigation, Matthew Harry would take three months off work before quitting the force due to medical reasons at age 27. But because of his hard work and tenacity, this was one of the reasons prosecutors were ultimately able to secure the conviction of Barry Watson Valmay Beck. Barry Watson Valmay Beck were tried separately at the Noosa Magistrates Court. Valmay Beck pleaded guilty to the abduction and rape, but not guilty to the murder. Barry Watts pleaded not guilty to all of the charges. They were both found guilty to all the charges and imprisoned to a life sentence with no possibility of parole. In 1995, Watts was charged with the murder of Helen Feeney, however there was not enough evidence for a conviction. The couple are suspected of the murders of at least three other young women. Valmay Faye Beck served part of her time in a Brisbane prison, before being moved to Townsville Correctional Centre, after being continually targeted by other female inmates. In one prison incident, Beck was clubbed with a sock that contained a jam tin that gave Beck permanent nerve damage on the side of her head. In the later years, Beck allegedly found God and became highly religious. In the years after Shan's murder, Beck legally changed her name to Faye Crum. In 2008, Beck was transferred from prison to Townsville Hospital, suffering from shortness of breath. She undertook heart surgery but didn't recover and stayed in a coma-like state for five days before passing away. She was 64 years old. Michelle Jenkins has fond memories of Sean Kingy. I remember a, a very beautiful young girl. The 12-year-old Noosa girl was abducted, raped and murdered by this man, Barry Watts, and his wife in 1987. The crime was unthinkable, and even 33 years later, the notion of her killer walking free is unfathomable for Michelle. When I, I heard the information that he was applying for parole, I couldn't sleep all night. Michelle is now leading a campaign to keep Watts behind bars, launching a third online petition. The risk to society is just too great. Maruchidor MP Fiona Simpson reported on the case as a journalist when it unfolded in the 80s. To her, the mere suggestion of the killer walking free is stomach-churning. I don't believe someone that's this evil can be rehabilitated. Whatever can be done to keep him behind bars must be. But it's up to the parole board whether they release him. The Queensland Parole Board acknowledged this case is of considerable public interest, but whether it takes online petitions from the public into account isn't clear. In a statement to Seven News, a spokesperson said the board considers all relevant material, but did not confirm if this includes online petitions. But by making their voices heard, locals desperately hope the right decision is made. Sarah Court, Seven News. As for Barry Watts, he remains in prison to this day, serving his sentence at the Walston Correctional Centre. Watts last made the news in 2021 when he applied for parole after 35 years in prison. This parole bid sent a new shockwave of outrage in the community. 
Obviously, his parole was denied. Police have come forward since this to state their commitment to ensure Watts is never released. In an interview with the Courier Times newspaper, senior detective Alan Burke said, quote, I want to make sure enough pressure is brought to bear so that this guy is never released. No one should ever forget what this person has done to an innocent girl. If the community forgets, the more chance this guy has of getting out. Tragedy does not end with Sean. It was only the beginning of something much worse, and that's having to live with the horror. If they'd still have the hanging knot, I would have quite happily hanged both of them. I still would. Unquote. If you have your own thoughts and theories on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook, like the page so you don't miss an episode, and join the discussion group to talk about your thoughts and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, or on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice and subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Today's episode was researched and written by me, Ali. Hosting and production was also by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. <laughs>